Welcome to Tech Talks in 20. I'm Michael Logan. And I'm Ginger Conlon. Ginger, I'm going to date you here a little bit and ask you a question. When you worked on school, like in grade school, when you worked on like a report, what did you use to get information on a topic? Usually an encyclopedia. And f- for a lot of our listeners, they have no idea what that means. They, they've probably heard the word, but they don't. I'm sure they've seen them in libraries, right? Encyclopedias. That was the the only way of getting information for us as a kid. But now that's changed a lot, right? Now we have knowledge management systems. That just surface up information. I don't know where I'd be without knowledge management. With that said, what do we got going on today? Well, today we have Cody Smith, who is Director of Digital Innovation at Genesis. And he is going to help us learn more about knowledge management and how it can improve the customer and employee experiences. Well, welcome, Cody. We're so glad to have you on Tech Talks in 20. Please tell us a bit about yourself and your role here at Genesis. Hi, thanks for having me. My name is Cody Smith. I'm the Director of Digital Innovation and working with the digital and AI groups within here at Genesis and Genesis Cloud to really help our product, our customers, and our business help adapt and transform to the ongoing digital innovations and transformations that are taking place both internally as well as out in the market in, in general. So today, with all the digital strategies we have, one of those is knowledge management, of course. And um, yes. just give us a level set setting definition of what knowledge management means, the strategies and technologies. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it correctly, is that there's one, a part of that digital experience and digital management, knowledge management as a core aspect of being able to really manage your digital content as a single source of truth and doing that in a way that you know, hopefully is uh, channel agnostic and can be used in multiple ways, um, is dynamic and can update on an iterative basis. Because as we say, as a source of truth, those are things that can apply to many different use cases. And we know that information changes rapidly. So being able to update and keep that source of truth accurate and honest is, is really knowledge management in a nutshell. It's typically not something that somebody would go in and create content and stick it in a corner and just say, great, it's, it's now here. We're, we're knowledge enabled. Um, knowledge management is a, an ongoing process of that digital content. You mentioned channels and you mentioned that single source of truth. So it sounds like it can underpin that omni-channel experience that companies are trying to build. That's correct. And in an ideal scenario, knowledge is managed centrally so that not only could it support an omni-channel experience, but it could even go into a channelless experience. As we start thinking beyond just single channel experiences and really getting into experience as a service management where knowledge is front center for that. It naturally fits into anyone's CX and their EX tools. Yeah, that's correct. And I think, you know, we've all seen knowledge management in a number of different ways before. I think a lot of cases we think of like FAQ pages and such. That's knowledge. It might just be in a static page. It might be uh, a wall of text that you're going through and, and typing through. But knowledge management really is beyond that as well. It's really being able to help with creating those specific elements, those specific articles and being able to as we say, make that relevant to 
that end user experience. That end user may be external, maybe it's a customer or uh, an end user that you're engaging with, but it could also be an, uh, a colleague, an employee, somebody internally who might be accessing that same sort of information from uh, an intranet page or other types of um, you know repositories of information. And really when we look at that as part of our use case and flow, being able to put that into a customer experience or digital experience is really part of that as well. When being able to help enable self-service, self-service uh, from knowledge management is a, is a core value of being able to help enable and empower customers and users to serve their own needs. And that's, again, probably the most natural starting point, but we know that knowledge can also take place throughout the different points of the conversation as well. I think one of the things that, that I've heard in the past and I've seen come up is, you know, while knowledge can be utilized with AI tools and services, it isn't necessarily AI enabled and it doesn't have to be. It can be used in that, you know, search response intent and response type of use case, but it can also be utilized in those more I would say enriched experiences where you start to see the evolution of automation and bots and knowledge assisted agent services that really can help with not only helping provide the right answer to the right point, but also being able to help with efficiency. Self-service enablement is much more quick uh, than trying to wait in a queue for somebody to get a hold of. But similarly, agents can also utilize knowledge to be able to help with expediting their response back to the customer. It sounds like it's really streamlining processes and that's one of the benefits. And you mentioned how it helps agents. How else does it help them in their job in, in day-to-day situations? Yeah, one of the most common scenarios is, you know, what we would see with inside of Genesis Cloud, our agent assist capabilities and being able to use knowledge as a way to help assist that agent based on what the customer or what the need of the customer is. Um, being able to do that across multiple channels all at once and being able to use the same knowledge that the customer may have had access to through, say, a support center site, again, ties back to being a single source of truth that then helps them understand this is what the customer and that end user was asking for. This is what the most relevant knowledge may be, and that can help not only with being able to respond quickly, but more accurately and consistently. And those are the elements that in aggregate help increase the experience that the overall organization is delivering to their entire customer base. Would you say a trend of using knowledge management in these in these instances is really about service or is it more about you know efficiencies? Uh, we've talked about single source of truth or is it more about maybe cost savings, right? Because you're you're able to reduce the the time that it takes to to get to those responses. What is the biggest driver there? You think the biggest driver, and there's no wrong answer for any of it because it's actually all connected. The biggest driver tends to be inefficiency. I think when we look at the perspective of a user, which we're all users uh, of knowledge and, and these different channels and, and digital experiences ourselves. We have more options now to engage with an organization, whether that be through phone, messaging, social, and so forth. And oftentimes with having that, some of them carry negative implications, long hold times, 
not understanding my questions properly. And so we find that oftentimes it's the users who are opting for and the customers who are opting for that efficiency. They know what their need is and they feel like if they have the right tools, they can address that. And that's a big part of being able to not only help that customer and being where they need to be and helping address their needs and how they best address that, but it in turn helps with that efficiency. It helps with the cost savings. If we have more users and more customers who are self-serving, that then frees up the number of spots in the queues in the contact center filled with agents with maybe low effort questions and low effort work password resets or where is my order type questions that come through. And while that is helpful just in and of itself, what it ultimately does is it makes agents available for more challenging work, the work that requires that level of human impasse, whether that's to be able to understand complex scenarios, being able to have an address through empathetic means. That's really where it, we see a lot of that, that capability come from, even though, again, it starts with the efficiency for, for the customer. It's, and when we say efficiency, we actually would rather think of it more as empowerment. Customers are asking questions of the knowledge management system, maybe you know, through a bot or through self-service FAQ, what, what have you. Are you finding any companies taking those questions that maybe weren't asked as expected and using that to help update their knowledge base? And along with that, how else do you can you keep a knowledge base fresh? It must be really challenging. Absolutely. You know, I think we've always looked at the, the knowledge management, knowledge base as, uh, as a bit of a garden. Uh, you can go and plant it, uh, but you have to prune it. You have to keep it updated. Otherwise, it gets overgrown or nothing grows at all. And that's usually not the, the best scenario when, again, you're talking about a, an empowerment uh, and enabling type effort. When we talk about knowledge management as a process, part of that process is quality control, constant iteration. Some of the tools that we have within Genesis Cloud even um, and tools that customers should be you know, kind of looking at is being able to not just see what are those questions that are being asked and answered, but import, more importantly, what are those questions that are being asked that are going unanswered? What is going answered incorrectly or maybe in an outdated way? And it's that type of iteration that allows for ongoing improvement, being able to understand what the exact needs are and being able to look at this in a way that gives a really fresh lens to what the, what the customers are looking for. Uh, just to, you know, from a quick antidote perspective, we, uh, we had helped a customer deploy uh, knowledge for some new hires that they were bringing in to their contact center. They wanted to have um, you know, a searchable uh, support center and, uh, and available knowledge for them to be able to go through and ask the types of questions that a new employee may have. Where do I get my badge? Where do I, uh, how do I log into my Outlook and so forth? And you can think that there was a lot of preparation that goes into to that. We've all been a, a new employee at some point, so you can kind of think of the questions that you might have. And while that was a great way to think about you know, making sure that somebody had a great experience to start with 24 hours after going live and having these new hires come in, the number of questions that came through that actually had no response or that hadn't been considered 
when do I find out about eligibility of benefits? What, what do I find out about um, my uh, schedule for um, my, my holidays? All of the different things that would start to appear that are now showing to the teams and not, that are managing knowledge to be able to go through and quickly start to come up with information for that so that they can either follow up or make that available for the next time. And that's really a part of that iterative process that we see baked into our tools today and on a lot of processes. Ginger, you also mentioned kind of what's on the horizon. What are some of the things that people may also think about the ongoing iteration of the, the knowledge? And I think, you know, we're at a time where we're hearing a lot about uh, generative AI and generative technologies starting to come into place. That's really another area where you know, we, as well as the market in large, are looking at how generative can help identify and improve upon those experiences as well. Maybe not just in terms of understanding what those questions are, but even helping serve as a process or serving as a tool in that process for helping with generating uh, the, the knowledge response itself. I wouldn't say that these are things that you would have and just handing knowledge management off to uh, generative technologies is not a, an approach, but it is something that we are seeing and continuing to look at as how we can incorporate that as part of our tools and services for doing it in, a, in an accurate and in a, you know, in, a, in a human empathetic way. Well, so you gave us an example of a not to do. Do you have any other examples of that? Um, maybe something you're seeing as as you work with uh, different knowledge management managers, I guess, or users, what are you yeah. seeing that you think, okay, this, this is where, where we see a lot of failure points and uh, something to think about as you move forward? Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is we see users and groups that start to think about deploying this and not putting themselves into that seat of a user. Again, that's why I mentioned we're all users of this. We've all interacted with these types of things, whether lightly or maybe even on a, on a daily basis. And when you can think about how you yourself may use this, whether this is a, you know, a knowledge management for a financial services organization or for a retail B2C site, you know, those would be the types of things to think if I was a customer of my brand, what are the types of things that I would need to know, but also what are the things that have challenged me as well? We all have things that would be curious and whether that's, you know, not having detailed enough information and sizing charts that aren't available, you know, there's a whole host of those types of things that are helpful to think about on the onset. But the other aspect of it is, is continuing to think like a user after deployment back into that quality control and optimization effort to really make sure that if these users are coming in and they're asking questions that I may think are simple, it's not, well, I can't believe our users don't get this. It's, that's actually the opportunity. Here's how we can help our customers be able to better understand this because they're looking at it from a completely different perspective. If they, you know, maybe have to reset a password in a very secure way, and those steps might make sense to us. But if somebody doesn't have access to, to that way of thinking, those are things that ultimately result in user frustration and reaching out to the contact center. I want to follow up to that because, and just to, you, you mentioned that a couple of times that it's a, you know that single source of truth. 
using it internally, externally. Um, are you seeing that there is a lot of knowledge spread across, you know, siloed in different areas of the business, right? Or whether it's internal, external, are, are you seeing that as a as a as kind of an issue that needs to be solved as well? It's hard to classify that as a as an issue in all cases, but you know, I think it's a it's an opportunity to think about what may be the reason for different parts of the business let's say sales and support, for example, to be on different knowledge platforms. Maybe one started using something, you know, they were kind of an early adopter in the organization. Then as other tools and other groups start to work, what you end up is, again, with silos and and knowledge as a single source of truth doesn't work well when there are multiple silos like that. And so being able to try and see, does that opportunity for consolidation really help make an improvement in not only the employee knowledge experience, whether it be as an agent who might receive a sales conversation and need to escalate that over to support, which again, as a common scenario, not a, not a complex type of interaction, um, but also being able to just help make sure that everybody from the end user perspective, that end user who could again be empowered by accessing the information is all coming from the single source as well. You wouldn't want somebody to see something different on the marketing website than what you would see on the support site. Um, and that's, you know, I think all too real of a case. I think it's really when we start talking about one of the more interesting scenarios where you mentioned internal versus external. In some cases, there may be reasons to use a different knowledge management tool for your end user and customer interactions and what you may use for internally. And, you know, for that, I, again, there are going to be those different reasons, but we also know that being able to manage that from one single platform also has values and benefits as well. Everyone knows how to use it. These are things that, again, can be unilaterally available. We might not necessarily want our external customers to have access to information, but at the same time, it's also helpful as an employee to maybe know what our customers are also seeing. Um, again, it goes towards that that empathy route and being able to understand and, and have that, share that perspective. You really need to have a strong strategy of how you want to use knowledge before you dive in. If you're in the midst of it and trying to make it better to take that step back and say, what do we want to use it for? And where do we want to have those connection points? That's exactly it. And, you know, I think that everybody is coming into the their knowledge management journey from different perspectives. And I think that's you know, really from that starting point is it's understanding what are your needs for knowledge? Are they available today? Are you using anything within the organization? And how can knowledge help support that? It's being able to really help with getting those initial elements in place first to then go and support an AI-enabled knowledge management experience. And so, you know, I would say, you know, if you're coming at this from from different perspectives, if you're just getting started, understanding you know, what those needs are, what you may have in place, what channels you're managing or would want to be interested in deploying knowledge for are are some of those key questions to be asking. But I also think part of that is to understand, you know, what is that impact? If, you know, it's not a, just a matter of deploying knowledge, but what is the impact to having knowledge? Is it an empowerment? Does it reduce contact volume? What are some of the other issues to watch for when, you, when you're thinking about a knowledge management? I know, um whether you're purchasing or whether you have one? I think one of the biggest things to think about, and I'll 
kind of tie this back to thinking like a user is knowing that there are many ways to ask for the same thing and being able to think about phrasing and how users are using their language to be able to ask for questions. You got a common example. How do I reset my password? Can't log in, locked out. What is uh, the process for getting access to my account again? All of these are things that, again, all relate to the same intent. But being able to think about how might we include some of those different phrasings to be able to help tie into those so that, again, our knowledge can more easily help adapt and look into these things and not, you know, from like a keyword search basis, but again, using customers own language and using these technologies that can help understand language to do just that, understand the language of your customer, to understand that even in the most obtuse or abstract way that they may ask something, that you can understand that intent. That's not going to be 100% from day one, but that's part of that process is knowing that if you know in your heart of hearts, you have a password reset knowledge article in place, that somebody asked it in a way that didn't get detected or didn't pick that up, that you're including that as part of that ongoing improvement so that the next time something similar comes in, that's all associated. For companies looking to invest in knowledge management, what are some of the absolute must-haves? I would say absolute must-haves include, you know, having the ability to create a process and manage a process for knowledge iteration. Um, you know, to that point of being able to see what is coming in, what is coming in that has no response associated with it are, in my opinion, table stakes um, for being able to manage that. We're also continuing to look at, um, you know, how, while knowledge may be, you know, that kind of steel thread throughout, there may be reasons to modify portions of that text based upon where the customer is coming in from. Let's say, again, we'll use our password reset scenario. Somebody asks that password reset in web messaging, they may get, you know, a full body of text with links and so forth. But if somebody were to ask that through SMS, where there's character limitations and some other things, that's where being able to have variation support for being able to create things that are specific for those different channels helps keep that intent and response pair the same, but helps manage that experience in a more seamless way for the channel in which it may be coming in from. So to kind of wrap things up, just uh, as we, you know, I feel like we've covered everything, but what's next with knowledge management? What do you see as the next thing? I, you know, I think one of the biggest things that we see, and it, it, it's going to continue to be how generative technology is, plays a part in knowledge management. Uh, I think from, from the approach of, you know, leaning into it in some cases very heavily. And, you know, like I said, my recommendation would not to be rely upon that as, as your entire process, but as, rather as a tool for helping understand the different nuances that come in and, and phrasings that can come through. Having generative technology with suggestions and so forth continue to be a place, but this all ties back to a concept that we call supervised learning. Because you can use, you know, a knowledge management team and, and people who are understanding that user experience and so forth, being able to understand what's coming in as well as what 
the responses in that process keeps again a kind of a clean data set in place if we only handed this off to generative technologies or other types of you know complete and suggestion type tools what you end up with is not understanding why content may end up in your knowledge base and, and again it's because there's a lack of curation going on um it's rather unsupervised learning where things kind of come in as a bit of a black box that supervised learning approach, whether it includes generative or not, is really in making sure that each part of that knowledge management process does have that human curation, human partake in being able to, to deploy that out to the customers. Cody, thank you so much for sharing all your insight and expertise today and for reminding us that if you want your knowledge management to continue to be that single source of truth, you need to think like a gardener. Michael, it was so great to have Cody Smith with us today to talk about knowledge management. What did you take away? Well, okay, there was so much, but of course, the benefits. The benefits of uh, you know reducing effort, uh, improving response, but also that single source of truth. I think those those are some important features. When he talks about what you need from a knowledge management solutions, it's not so much it's understanding what you need versus what you want or what you like. And that, that means AI. So you want to use AI where it's helpful to support your goals, but you also want to make sure, especially if you're using generative AI within your knowledge management, he reminded us to take that supervised learning approach, which is so important, especially if you also take Cody's advice to think about your knowledge management system as a garden, where you're tending to it constantly, you're pruning it, you're making sure that it has the freshest information available. And as we close this week's episode of Tech Talks in 20, I want to thank everyone for listening and hope you are able to take away something from today's topic. Before we leave you, we want to remind you to be sure to take advantage of the resources listed below on genesis.com. These expand on today's topic and will leave you with some additional information. Also, be sure to click subscribe to get notified of new episodes of the podcast and feel free to share with your colleagues and friends. We hope you will. Again, thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Tech Talks in 20.